0: Destination Medicine is a joint project of the Regional Training Hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine.
1: Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. It was witnessing a baby's birth that sealed the deal for Edwina Fry. The knowledge gained while on schoolwork experience with a country GP stuck with the young woman, who wasn't entirely sure of where her life would take her. Via a science degree, Edwina decided to tackle the GAMSAT, and she passed. In spite of some initial trepidation, she says that within three hours of being on placement, she felt perfectly at home, and any doubt she had disappeared. She says rural health is one of her main career motivations and finds working away from the city offers a huge variety of clinical experience. Edwina is talking to Jeff Waters and staffs by describing the time she first came into contact with medicine.
2: I think it was out of pure laziness in year 11. I was at boarding school. Laziness? And yeah, I know. It's not what you normally associate with the decision. But I was at boarding school and my roommate, we had work experience. My roommate said, I'm going to go home, get home cooked meals for a week and follow the vet around. And I was like, oh, that sounds nice. And she's like, just come home, follow my dad around. He's just a doctor in town. It'd be great. We can have a summer party. Mum will cook for us for a week. And I was like, sure, that's easy. No planning involved showed up and followed the local GP and Terang around for a week. Yeah, that's when things really started to tick through my mind, I guess. I think I tried to find anything else in my life that I might enjoy because it's a big challenge to take on. But yeah, over those years, it just kept coming back into the forefront of my mind and decided to pursue it, and here I am.
0: Just before we go on, can you explain to the audience where Tarang is?
2: Southwest district, I guess, of Victoria. So heading towards Warrnambool, two hours from Melbourne-ish.
0: You must have had a very good time or it must have been very informative if it had such a big influence on you.
2: Yeah, it was a great time. I just think that Tim, the doctor there, he's a great personality, got me really involved, even though I had no medical training. Obviously, safely got involved, but was happy to explain and show things to me. And he had such variety out there in the country. He did the GP staff that had patients in the hospital and did home visits and did anesthetics for some surgeries. And then on the last morning at about seven in the morning, banged on my door and said, there's a baby being born, get on the bike. So we jumped on our bikes and rode up the hill to the train Hospital and I saw a baby being born. I got to hold it. And yeah, so just so many things I'd never really ever seen or thought I'd ever see and just fascinating.
0: And describe that experience of seeing the baby delivered for the first time.
2: Oh, it was phenomenal. It's really hard to put into words. And even now that I've had a whole women's rotation and seen it over and over, it's still the feeling is still just pure amazement of seeing... Friends laugh at me when I say this, but it's fundamentally the most natural thing that you'll ever see is a life coming out of another life, even though most people think that sounds disgusting. You feel a great sense of privilege as well to be in the room and to see someone go through one of their most special times, but also the most painful time. Whole new appreciation for what the female body can do as well. But I remember feeling a little bit like, am I, is this real? Like, I feel like maybe, because I'd woken up in such a daze anyway, that I was like, oh, is this really real? But it's interesting because I've seen it dozens of times now and I still have that same feeling, I think, when I see it.
0: So that work experience was a bit of a pivotal moment for you. I assume you went home and declared to family and friends that you were going to be a doctor. Is that right?
2: No, I don't remember doing that. I think I went home being like, oh, I think I thought I wanted to do teaching. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think younger I had thought I'd wanted to be a teacher. And so I think the fact I enjoyed it so much confused me more than anything. I was like, oh, gosh, now I've got to consider this. And I still wasn't really sure. So even through like year 12 and then going to uni, I stayed very general with a science degree because I feel like it was very unknown. Like that was my first person I ever met that was a doctor. I'd never had even family or close family friends that were doctors. So it seemed like a very far-fetched world in terms of if it was even something that I could ever achieve it kind of felt a bit like over there for a certain set of people not myself so I think I enjoyed it but then I feel like I kind of was like oh well that was nice to experience and it took me a little while to actually go ah maybe I can actually do that myself.
0: So when did you make that decision?
2: I can't think of like a pivotal moment I think I was in my undergrad doing science and I still very much enjoyed all the like human physiology, but I was really missing that sitting down and just having a chat to people about their life, which is so much of medicine. A lot of people around me were striving for medicine. And I think I started to go, "Oh well, they're no real different to me. Like it seemed less of a far-fetched dream when I started to see friends doing it. And I think I was like, well, shoot your shot throw in an application and kind of let the rest help me make my decision a bit, probably a bit throwaway, But then when I got in, I, it felt right. There wasn't that kind of grand moment in my life where I declared it to myself or anyone else. I just kind of, the thought wouldn't budge. So I was like, right, well, we'll entertain the thought and we entertained it pretty well because we've done it.
0: <laughs> now, what was the overall process like in applying for medicine?
2: It's complex. I don't make it easy. I think that's because a lot of people want to do it, but also it's a tough job. So I guess they have to check that you're capable. Everyone always talks about the big, because I was doing it postgraduate, the GAMSAT. And that's probably the biggest hurdle because that's a mark that you need to be able to apply to basically every postgrad school, finishing your undergrad degree for me and doing that GAMSAT test.
0: So how did you go about studying for the GAMSAT?
2: It's one of those things that you can study for it, but you can't study for it at the same time. But what you can do is familiarise yourself. You know, at uni, all of your exams are testing the knowledge that you have covered and that you've gone to tutes and lectures for, and there's curriculum for. So you can't study in that sense, but you can get your hands on practice exams and materials to just familiarise yourself with the foreign way they ask questions or the structure of the exam and doing practice exams of actually trying to hold your concentration for that amount of time as well. Preparing yourself for the exam rather than necessarily the content because the content is quite problem-solving in nature. So a bit of background knowledge helps you. It's more learning how to actually read the question and figure out what they want you to do. I was fortunate that a few friends had gone before me, so that really helped get some sound advice and get some materials off them and that's probably the way I prepared for it.
0: Well, you, you obviously didn't do too badly because you got into medicine. Yes, My question though is, have you got any advice that you can pass on to other people who are thinking of tackling it?
2: Probably what I've said in terms of make the decision that you're going to do it early. I think that it's very achievable to do, you know, I'm going to do it and do it in a month's time. That's not an unachievable thing, but I feel like that would be one of the stressful ways of going about it. Get practice exams when you sign up and some like question sets And there's some good resources in terms of a couple of good textbooks out there that have lots of practice questions, sitting down, having a really good understanding of what each section is testing you on. They explain that really well and that helps you a lot. Yeah, just familiarizing yourself with the style of question and the different sections and getting a good grasp on what's going to come up is probably the only way. My advice is more don't sign Six months of your life away and stop going to things with your friends and lock yourself away and study for things over an amount of time. I think that I've seen friends that went too far the other way and it consumes them. And that's great. I don't think that's a healthy way to go about it. So my advice is more do stuff, prepare. But medicine's a really long journey. You don't want to sign your life away for months just before the GAMSAT. There's a lot longer to go.
0: It's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. So Now that you're studying medicine, is it what you expected?
2: Yes and no. The first few years, not at all. At Deakin, we do two years pre-clinical, which is just on campus, kind of same structure as your undergrad degrees, tutors, lectures, and then some clinical skills like hands-on labs and things. And the second two years is when you go out onto placement, and those first two years... I think towards end of second year, a little thing called COVID probably played a big part in that because that was the main year of COVID was my second year, so being online. But it really actually took a lot of my strength at second year not to drop out. I was like, this is not what I pictured to be. I couldn't see myself in it. It was so content driven and academic, and I was like, I'm not smart enough for this. I'm never going to retain all this information. But I told myself that I had to give placement a crack. And then if I still felt that strongly six months into placement, then I could have a conversation with myself about whether we continue or not. But I reckon it was within the first three hours of being on placement in third year that I was like, ah, this is what I thought it was going to be. And I reckon within a couple of weeks, I'd even forgot about that feeling. And it wasn't even until the end of the year that I was just chatting to a friend and she was like, oh, I remember 12 months ago when we wanted to drop out. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that feeling. So Once I actually got to the medicine and got my hands dirty, was learning on the job, I then was like, ah, this is what I had anticipated. But yeah, that first little bit, I was like, what have I signed up for? I feel like they've lied to us. I kept at it and I'm here now.
0: And it turned out to be just like you expected when you did that work experience.
2: Yeah, much the same. Getting to know people and lots of variety and getting to learn every day and see things that you kind of get blown away with that we're capable of doing in healthcare. So yeah. It was
0: great. That's wonderful. I love stories where people gain their confidence back. That's yes. That's great. Now you completed year three in Deakin University's rural community clinical school. Yes. Can you tell me why you chose to do a rural training year and why you then decided to stay rural, completing your final year at Warnham Bull Clinical School?
2: So rural health is one of probably my main motivators to not so much get into medicine but when I arrived at medicine I was like oh this is I think where I belong in the rural and regional kind of world of medicine goes back to my childhood like I grew up in a small country town and where I experienced kind of that gap in healthcare that we know exists in our country, in our state. And I don't think that's fair. And I want to be part of that change. And I also don't like the city. So I'd done my three years of undergrad there. I thought I was going to be a big city, big lights kind of girl and hated it. So for me, there's somewhere I can work and make a difference and I don't want to live in the city. So rural health it is for me. I also just think that the exposure you get, and how students previously to me had spoken about their rural rotations—not just at Deakin, but at all universities that I had friends at—it just seemed so exciting, and the variety was so different. And I just thought, well, if not now, when? I think when you're in medical school, is the time to try new things and to join different clubs and join different opportunities, and take risks because you're in a very supported environment still being a university student. And I think that the exciting thing about medicine is that the opportunities are endless. And I feel like, I don't know, it was exciting to go and try something different and go back to that kind of community environment that I was so used to.
0: Has it lived up to your expectations in that regard?
2: Yeah, it really did. So I loved it. I wish I could have. I've loved this year as well, don't get me wrong, coming back for fourth year. But if I could have stayed for another year, I would have I just think the main thing out there is I actually felt like a little mini junior doctor working like on the job, kind of like your tradies on their apprenticeship. They're still learning, but they're still doing the job. When you come back to, even though it's still a regional site and a rural site, by nature of having more students and more wards and more doctors, you fall back into kind of a bit more of a medical student kind of education, which is also brilliant and has a lot of different pros but I just really liked that sense of duty, I guess it sounds a bit strong, but I, yeah, I just felt like I was very much doing the work and then therefore I think I felt greater satisfaction for what I was doing as well and maybe a little bit more investment in making sure I did know what I was doing because it's a bit more obvious when you didn't know what you were doing when you were given a job that you couldn't do. So yeah, I would have stayed.
0: What would you say to medical students considering an extended rural clinical placement?
2: I just think just do it, and I've spoken to students all three years below me now. I spoke to the first years not long ago, and I say the same. Just do it, and it comes back to what I was saying before: of this is the time to give something outside your comfort zone a go because you're in a very, you're in the most supported you're ever going to be. Next year, when I'm an intern at a hospital, they're going to be great, but they're going to not care as much. It's just different when you're at uni. You've got lots of staff around you lots of point of calls for support and it's a time to do it now because medicine in reality will throw you around no matter what training program you're on you're going to be told to go out to a rural site like here at Warrnambool all of the medical registrars are from St Vincent's hospital we don't have in-house that we can't train them here and they get no say they just get told to come out here and I think that if you've put yourself out there in third year and gone and tried something like that when you get made to do it in your career it's going to be less jarring and you're going to gain some great skill sets and you learn so much about yourself I think when you put yourself in just a different environment as well so I think that there's so much to gain outside of just the clinical knowledge or the medicine I think in terms of learning how to be a doctor and to be a professional uni is the time to give it a crack.
0: Could you tell me a little bit about your time with the Rural Community Clinical Schools Longitudinal Program?
2: At the other sites, you learn kind of in a siloed manner. So you learn X amount of weeks on medicine, X amount of weeks on surgery, and you rotate through the set rotations they have for that year. Where when you're out rural, just because of the size of the hospital, there's not the patient load to just stick in silos. So you're kind of doing it all of the time. My whole week had a bit of med, a bit of surge, a bit of women's, a bit of delivering babies, a bit of children, a bit of ED. Like it had a lot of mix in that. And I felt that just meant that you were very much keeping on your toes and you didn't kind of forget what you did at the start of the year in that med block and then you get to exams and you don't remember it. But it also opens the ability to track people through their medical journey and that's the longitudinal aspect of that is so often someone would come to the GP and then they might be referred to get a surgery so then I can actually go to the hospital and I see them before their surgery, I might even be in their surgery, I see them after their surgery or someone would present at the ED department and we might admit them and then I get to see them every day. So you get, I feel like, a really good appreciation for all the stages of someone's medical treatment rather than when you're in siloed and just one rotation, you just see a snapshot of what you saw that day. And I feel like that gave me great appreciation of all the elements of medical care, but also great appreciation for, I guess, the patient's journey as well, which can be quite intimidating for a lot of them.
0: Just finally, where will Dr Edwina Fry be in about 10 years' time, do you think?
2: Uh, That's a they called me Dr. Fry and I'm going to have to get used to it. Just then I was talking to someone, I'm like, oh, yeah, so they send students out here. And he's like, you're not a student next year, you're a doctor. And I was like, oh, gosh, Mm. not really sure. But I guess there's lots of things that I would like to think that I've dabbled in, I guess, in the next 10 years. I'd love to do some locum work and just get out to some uh, remote areas and some more rural areas and get greater exposure out there and offer such great skill sets. I'm in no rush to specialise, A, because I have no idea what I want to specialise in, but I also think that no matter what I end up doing, I want to have lots of good general years under me to put myself in the best position to be a well-rounded position. I'd love to simply maybe get overseas for a little bit. I feel like, again, same thing, different places do things differently and you can always learn. But ultimately, I feel no matter what I'm doing, it's more about the person and the doctor I hope to be in 10 years or strive to be is I hope I still loving medicine and that I found something that excites me because when I'm excited, I feel like I'm motivated. I really hope that I'm teaching in some capacity, especially the juniors that teach the students. I find I really gravitate towards them and their life lessons as well as their medical knowledge. And I also just think I had such impactful supervisors last year and even Tim when I was back in year 11 I really just hope that whenever I have students that they walk away with the same kind of passion and desire and that feel-good feeling that I've had from such great educators and great doctors and so I don't know what I will be doing but I just hope that I'm someone that's instilling those kind of feelings in the students below me and inspiring them to have a a great career and hopefully inspiring them to be doing it
1: rurally and regionally and showing
2: that there's more to life than those big tall buildings and flashing lights and noisy people.
1: That was Edwina Fry, Deakin University medical student, now in her final year at Warrnambool Base Hospital. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.